whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Rowley, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Ageless. So today we have a fat Q&A for you guys. I posted on my stories about a week ago and asked for specific questions for me, questions specifically for my mom, and questions for both of us together. So today we are going to dive into a bunch of those. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with mine? I'm excited to do this today. Okay, I'm going to read your questions. Okay. How do you balance a healthy lifestyle while being young and going out a lot? (laughs) I added in the a lot. Okay, only a lot recently. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you guys have seen that TikTok trend, but it's like, it's all about balance. And then people show their like super healthy morning routine with their green juice and their lemon water. And then they also show them going out. And I've really been trying to have that mentality. I think in previous years, like my sophomore year of college, my freshman year of college, like pre-pandemic, I really was not going out often. And I think I was just not socializing enough. And I think sometimes I get in those ruts where I just want to be alone. And I think taking your space is so important. But at the same time, I, in recent months, have been honestly really good about socializing and going out, maybe a little too good in your opinion. (laughs) No, not in my opinion. I love going out. It feeds me. I get energy from being around a lot of people. And I'm the opposite. Like, I need to turn down some invites because I always want to go out. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I try to have goals for the day. So I've been seeing actually a lot of like November goals on Instagram, people posting like things they want to add into their daily rituals. And, you know, I try to have like a 20-minute time with no phone. When I wake up in the morning, you know, I try to work out for like 45 minutes or do like a little walk or yoga session or something like that if I'm just like exhausted. But I try to have those rituals that I do every day. So even if I go out and I wake up at 11am, you know, I'm still going to get those things done. And I think that's like really where the balance comes in. But, you know, if I'm feeling run down and I feel like I haven't prioritized my health in a while, in a few days, because I've just been going out, then I will take some time to just sit at home, have a home cooked meal, relax, be by myself. But recently I've also been thinking like I've spent so many nights at home just like watching TV or being alone and not like socializing. And I'm just like, 
this is the time, you know, I'm in my twenties and I like only get this time once. So why am I giving that up to just like be alone with my thoughts? You know, I don't think it's like me running away from anything. I think it's just me like making the most of this time that I have in my early twenties. Okay. So talking about your list of things to accomplish during the day, what is it like struggling with doing enough in quotes post-grad? Okay. Yeah. So when I saw this question, it really hit me because I did a solo episode a few months, a few months back about post-grad life. And I feel like I haven't given you guys an update, but yeah, I mean, I'm really lucky that I get to call social media my full-time job, but it is like, it is tough because I think I'm prioritizing my friendships and having fun being social, getting my work done, of course, but I think sometimes you just need to sit there and think like, what are some goals I have for long-term? Because once you are checking things off your like long-term to-do list and like seeing the things that you have accomplished and looking at your accomplishments in retrospect, I think that's when you have the confidence to feel like you're doing quote unquote enough. But do you think, I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure now Mm -hmm. on people that have just graduated Mm -hmm. because I think there's so much emphasis on like success at a young age Mm -hmm. that it really does put this pressure on you to be a superstar in your twenties. And I don't know, is that, is that always possible? Is it the goal? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think social media makes like the career accomplishments really seem super important. And obviously those are because it it allows you to build confidence, you know, like you are taking that first step in a lifelong career, hopefully in your 20s. But at the same time, like this is also the time to cultivate lifelong friendships and lifelong relationships and like that sort of thing. So I think it is, it is a balance. But for me, when I think about feeling like I'm doing enough, I definitely struggle with that literally all the time. I'm like, I could be doing more, but I think you just need to like, look back at everything that you have accomplished already. Like, post-grad guys you just finished four years of college like that is such an accomplishment give yourself a little bit of credit in that and that you're like just figuring out your first steps and by the way everyone feels like this like look at the you know your the people that inspire you most in your life and the people that you follow online or whatever like the people that you follow online that you think have their lives together post-grad probably feel the exact same way that you do. It's just about like looking back at everything you have accomplished and making goals for the future that once you check those off, you will feel 
super accomplished and you will feel like you are doing enough, you know? Also, I don't think it's a race to the finish line. I feel like life and your work should be cumulative. So at this point in your life, you're just layering on the first layer, you know, and that will lead you to the next thing and the next thing and the next Mm -hmm. thing. And success is not the be all end all. And you should just keep going, keep evolving, keep, keep exploring and stay curious and, and just keep growing. There's actually a quote that one of my friends posted. I'm going to try and find it for you guys. But essentially, it was just about like, you're not going to be able to know right now what you want to do with the rest of your life. I mean, maybe there are some people that know, like, for example, you like, no, I still don't know. I mean, who knows? (laughs) I have so many ideas. And I'm so excited about so many new things that like, who knows, you just have to be open to everything. But I think also it's like, even if you don't know exactly like what your quote unquote job is going to be for the rest of your life, like do what makes you happy right now and stay curious. That's my, my advice for it. Because like, if you are paying your bills and you're happy, like that is what you should focus on now. And again, it's cumulative. So if you're working on one project now, or you're in one job now, that could, that's obviously going to lead you to the next thing in your life. And if it's making you happy and making you fulfilled right now, then stick with it. Also, I think the world is changing so fast that like, you never know what is going to, is going to come at you next. I mean, Mm -hmm. did any Bitcoin billionaire ever think when I grow up, I'm going to be a Bitcoin billionaire. You know what I mean? It's like, just stay aware of everything that's going on and let your heart and soul lead you in new directions, take risks, like stay agile, like, and be able to pivot, you know? Yeah. Nimble. Um, okay. We have kind of talked about how do you structure your work day, Mm -hmm. but the next part is, do you ever see yourself having a nine to five office job? Oh my God. So how I structure my work day, I've actually, for the past like two weeks, I really had, previously I've had a really good plan where I like plan things out on a Sunday night for the rest of my week. And for the past two weeks, I've definitely been falling off a little just because I feel like there's been so many events lately in New York. I don't know if you guys have been seeing this, like if you follow New York influencers and creators and stuff, like I just feel like there's been a million things and I have been having a harder time like prioritizing and structuring my day, but I I need to get back on Sunday nights. I write out, like I have a physical planner where I write out each day and say like the goals that I need to get done for the day. And I think also sometimes like you could have a weekly planner that you do on a Sunday or Sunday night or Monday morning or whatever. But then also it's helpful for me to have goals for the day and that you can just like write the morning of or the night before. And then, you know, it's those little ticks on the checklist that make you feel accomplished and make sure you're like 
on track and everything, but yeah, I'm, I've fallen off in the past two weeks or so, so I need to get back on it. I, I write everything down. You know, I have my post-it note system yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where I write all my to-dos on post-it notes. And then when I can crumple it up and throw it away, when it's done, it's such a feeling of accomplishment. And my whole desk is completely covered in post-it notes, but that's my organization. <laughs> um, it, you, It's really like, it's about finding what works for you. Exactly. Like no one can tell you how to structure your day or how to organize your life that you're going to need to experiment and like find out what works for you. Overall, I have a Google calendar that I my manager and I are like together on. And so she can put things in there for me that I have to complete. But then I don't love Google Calendar. So like I put all my my stuff on like Apple Calendar. So it's just like what what works for you, figure that out. And then it's pretty easy to structure your day once you have like that system. Maybe it's post-its. We don't know. <laughs> maybe that works for you. But on the on the point of the nine to five job, I mean, for me, like I love structure, like thrive in structure. That's why I feel like I was such a nerd in school because it was just like I love that. Um, Right now, my life is much less structured than it was in school, but it's also like I can create the structure myself. So, I mean, I don't, in the near future, I don't see myself having a nine to five job. You never know, but I love structure. So whether or not I'm in a nine to five job, like I'm very, I know that even if I work for myself for the rest of my life, I will always have a very structured system because I just can't like, I can't function if I'm just like going with the flow. Can I say one thing? I love structure too. Mm -hmm. And I think you need structure to be an entrepreneur or business owner, Mm -hmm. but I also thrive on the chaos. And I think you have to be open and learn how to embrace the chaos Mm -hmm. and find creativity in that. And I kind of have to always balance both of those, but I like, I like both. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about how do you make new friends in your (laughs) twenties? I guess this kind of goes back to the first question about like balancing a healthy lifestyle and going out. And I like a lot of us, I think in our early twenties, late twenties, I mean, whatever age doesn't even matter, but I think in my age group right now, I know so many people that just moved to New York. And I think there is like this crazy energy around making new friends because so many people are new to the city right now, like in my age group. I have friendships. A lot of my very close friends are people that I have been friends with for my entire life, basically, like from kindergarten all the way to like middle school. But I've also made a lot of friends in my 20s. One of my best friends, Lily, DM'd me on Instagram, slid into my DMs, and now we're best friends. So I think like it's just about being open to meeting new people. And for me, like making new friends is pretty easy. It's just like 
reach out to people. I mean, another girl recently, she just moved to New York and she DM'd me and was like, hey, just moved to New York. I'm looking for new girlfriends. I was like, that's so fun. I'm going to set, I have the best girl group in New York. I'm going to set up a dinner and bring all the girls together. Like if you know no one in a city and you just like follow one person on Instagram, it's pretty easy to say, hey, I just moved here. Can we go to a workout class or can we have dinner together or whatever? And that could become your best friend, you know, like put yourself out there in a way that seems kind of uncomfortable with friendships. Cause I think a lot of people like do this with dating where they're so like, it's so much easier to just like heart someone on a dating app or like swipe left or right. I haven't been on a dating app in a while, guys, as you can see, but, um, whatever it is, swipe right on somebody and then like start chatting with them and go out on a date. But doing the same, you should be basically doing the same for making friends and Instagram slash social media in general, TikTok or whatever you use, like great platform to just send a quick direct message and say like, hey, do you want to get coffee or whatever? And also, if you let that person know, I'm you know, I just moved here or I'm looking to meet new girlfriends or whatever. Like when somebody said that to me, I was like, oh, let me just introduce you to a bunch of my girlfriends that live in New York. And then they all become friends and then they become part of the group. It's pretty easy. So like send that DM. It it can't hurt, you know? And I think that's like how you, how I met one of my best friends. I think it's one of the kindest things you can do is introduce people to each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows I'm a pretty good matchmaker. I have a kid named after me and uh, (laughs) I'm good at matchmaking. But I also think it almost takes more work to introduce two friends that you think will get along. and, And I think it's one of the kindest things you can do. I love this one. How has your relationship with your sister changed over time? Well, so, it's not annoying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister and I are five and a half, almost six years apart. So growing up, like she kind of was that annoying little sister, but it wasn't that we didn't have like sibling rivalry, I guess, because we're so far apart in age. So yes, she would steal like, all of my toys and my clothes and stuff like that. But we were always very much our own people because we were so far apart in age, I think. like She always there- says she was afraid of you. <laughs> she was like, the other day she was like, I feel like I didn't even know you until we were like teenagers because we just didn't, we didn't like hang out in the way that I think siblings hang out when they're younger if they're, if they're like a year or two apart, you know, but we just like had nothing in common (laughs) growing up because we were so far apart in age. Now she is 16. I'm 22. And like, we are best friends. And I think that just come, like, I think that just comes with age. She's very mature for a 16 year old. And 
I feel like so lucky that I have a built-in best friend and I don't have to think about like having a maid of honor, like pick choosing a maid of honor because it's already <laughs> built in for me. Are you going to announce something right now? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but, but yeah, I think like if you have a younger sibling, that's like a few years, a decent amount younger than you or older. Just, or older than you, like wait it out a little bit. And I think once you guys are like in your teens, twenties together, a lot of times that's kind of when things just fall into place. Cause you have more in common, you know, like I can relate to where she is, you know, with her friendships and her relationships and her, even her school life. Like I just graduated college, but like, I'm still able to remember and like put myself in her shoes because she's in high school now and that doesn't feel like it was that long ago at this point you know so I think just wait it out a little bit obviously like these things kind of just fall into place as as time goes by I think and you like become closer um as you guys can relate to what one another are going through have you considered a cookbook? I don't know. I mean, we actually talked about doing a cookbook together, which I think would be really fun. I don't know if people even like really read cookbooks because I don't, people my age, I don't know how many of us actually read, period. So I don't know about a cook, like a physical cookbook, but I would like a place where I could put all my recipes together. I was just looking at them on like the IGTV section of my Instagram. And I was like, they look so pretty together. So I don't know what the future holds for that, but I would love a place in the future where they could all live together and you could kind of just like access them pretty easily. Let's dive into some questions for you. I feel like we've gone over enough with mine. How important is it to you to stay true to your brand versus experimenting with fashion trends? I feel like we kind of touched on this with um, Carla last week. Yeah, I mean, I think experimentation is important. Like, I need that. I need to be a little bit scared about what I'm putting out or it's not interesting to me. I like that risk-taking with, like, things that either have never been done before or you know new shapes new fabrics new whatever it is I have to have that like I have to have newness all the time because it's like that's what I thrive on and yet just because by virtue of me and the same team that I've worked with forever being the only creators in the company it's like inevitable that we stay true to who we are. I mean, it's really like my brand really is a reflection of all the things in my life, which includes you Mm. and things that I love to do, you love to do and, and people at work love to do. And that involves, you know, one day being in a pretty sexy dress and the next day, like shredding in a sick wetsuit, you know? And so all those things, I think, 
are really authentic to our brand and it sort of gives it a big enough platform that you kind of don't know what to expect. We just launched today our collaboration with Roxy, which I'm so excited about. I've never done snowboarding clothes and I'm really, really excited about that. That's brand new, but still like very true to what, you know, to our brand and the outdoor adventurous lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I think it has to be, it's always going to be very organic in that way, but I love to surprise people. Yeah. And I think there are like some brands that are so like niche in what they do that kind of pop up around a trend. But with your brand, it's like, as you were saying, there there is so much room to experiment. So you can kind of play with trends a little bit and not well, lose like, we only do silks or like yeah. we only do tailoring, yeah. you know, like, and if that goes out of trend, like out of style, whatever, then you can't, then like your business is over basically with you. Like there's so much room to kind of pivot and try things out that like, oh, if this, you know, if right now rhinestones are in, then we can like try that, but make it our own, you know? But I don't really, I don't look at trends. I honestly do not. And I have to say, it's crazy how there is this sort of intuitive sixth sense when I'm working on a collection that in September, you know, Americans show first, New York designers show first. So it's impossible to know what's happening or other places in the world. And I just had this vibe for like the Y2K vibe. I was like obsessed with butterflies. I was obsessed with low rise jeans and rhinestones and, you know, all this stuff that was very Y2K. I just was feeling that vibe and I was scared. I was like, I don't know if I should do this, but I put it out there. And I remember talking to the Women's Wear Daily reporter, Emily Mercer, after post-show and saying, well, I was really feeling kind of a Y2K moment. And sh and as I said it, I was like, is this a bad idea that I'm throwing that out mm. there as an idea? Because it could be so whack and so way off. And then it turns out all, everyone in Europe, everything was Y2K. Everything was butterflies. Everything, you know, it was really right on trend. But I think you can't, by the time it's happening, you can't chase that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just like, forget it. Like my whole thing is like, if somebody did it, I'm like, it's dead to me. Yeah. I kill it. I'm like, no, that's already been done. Can't mm -hmm. do it. So I just think you have to go with your intuition. And it's a lot of it is cyclical, you know, that we, you know, do something and that evolves into the next thing. And it's, you're riffing off of something that came right before it that, you know, that you've done right before it. And I think you just have to do what is right for you because I think it's really obvious when you do something that's not authentic. Yeah. But I even think like you also have very signature like shapes, prints, et cetera, that even if you were to try like 
something that was kind of trendy, it would still incorporate like Cynthia Rowley shapes or Cynthia Rowley prints or whatever it is so that it would still stay true to the brand. Even if you were like, "Mm, this is a little bit off. Like, and I mean, where does it come? I mean, where does it come from anyway? It comes from what's happening in the world and what you see on the streets and Mm -hmm. culture and what's happening in art and what's happening in music. And that's where it's all coming from anyway. So it's, it is sort of inevitable that there are trends and people kind of gravitate towards similar ideas because it is just the cultural zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question. Have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome? Oh my God. I mean, I deal with it still (laughs) every Mm -hmm. day. I think it, you know, I mean, a lot of it, I think, comes from coming from a small town in Illinois and come, you know, driving to New York in a U-Haul with nothing and like never having anything until, you know, it finally started to click years later, you know, after I started. And I think, you know, when you have to, drum up that confidence in yourself every day to be like, okay, I can do this. You know, this is an idea I have. I'm going to stand behind it and not knowing if people are going to like it or hate it and all the emotions that go with that. I think you end up thinking that, you know, am I, am I really good at this? Am I, is this what I'm doing? Even when like I have to fill out, you know, on your, you know, a passport application or, you know, on the airplane occupation, I write fashion designer. And sometimes I'm like, am I really a fashion designer? Is that really like, does that sound lofty or, you know, I think it's in a tiny, teeny, tiny way, maybe a healthy thing to, to, to keep in your back pocket that it could all go away. And so, you got to work hard and you got to keep trying and you got to keep reinventing and reimagining what you're doing. And, um, like you can never get too comfortable. Never, never, Mm -hmm. ever, ever. I never wake up in the morning. Like, wow, I'm a big success now. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I just always think, but in a way, okay, I am a fashion designer. I can say that, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like my dream. I didn't have the cliche fashion designer in my head when I started doing this. I just really liked to make things. And I wanted at one point early on to be a costume designer for for films. And, you know, there were a lot of things that crossed my mind that it wasn't riding around in limos with supermodels. You know, it was always more of the craft and, and the creative process. And so in that way, sometimes the quote unquote fashion designer, Mm -hmm. glamorous part of it does still make me a little bit uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I guess it just kind of brings up the question, like, is imposter syndrome that bad? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's okay to keep with you because I joke around that in the beginning, you know, fake it till you make it was my favorite thing to think about. And, and that's what pushed me ahead. But that's also something that 
uh, is it that bad? I don't, I think it's actually okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously you need to like be, feel proud of your accomplishments and feel like you are enough at the core and know that, you know, what you're doing is something that you're passionate about and that you're good at. But I don't think you ever need to feel like, I don't think you should ever feel like I'm, I'm the best at this. No way. I'm like an expert in this. Like, I I think there's always room for improvement. And I guess imposter syndrome, it's like, what would be the opposite of that is you just being like, so confident. Yeah, which doesn't sound bad. (laughs) Yeah, being so confident doesn't sound bad, I guess. Mm. But I think it's there's like a balance between feeling like you're an imposter and feeling like you are the expert in something. There's like a middle ground where you can be like, yes, I'm a fashion designer, but I'm not the best fashion designer in the world. And I could get there if I keep like working, you know? Just be true to yourself, you know? Yeah. When did you know you had made it? Quote, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that so funny? I don't know. It's just when I saw it, I was like, I need to throw it in here. It's hilarious. I'm still waiting. I don't know. I think you can never. I think that's you should never feel like you've made it. I mean, I I work so hard every day and I really am so excited about everything I'm doing and the next thing and looking ahead that half the time I'm like at work thinking like, hey, this fashion thing is really starting to work out. You know, <laughs> like it's really, I don't think I made it is, has ever really been in my vernacular. Yeah. I mean, there's been glimmers. Winning a CFDA award is pretty exciting and makes you feel good, but it's a, it's a glimmer. And, and it's just like how I always say, like, don't, don't believe the good, the don't believe the bad press, but don't believe the good press either. Mm-hmm. Like it's back to, you know, everything is cumulative. And if you're having fun and feeling good about what you're putting out there into the world and making people happy, then I guess maybe I could say I made it. Okay. Give us your top three tips for balancing parenthood and career. You can think about this like when we were little or now, but I think maybe it's more interesting to think about it when we were little. I always wanted to have kids. It was something that I knew would make my life so full and happy. And as much as I love my work, I always knew that if I had the chance to have kids, that it would be my priority. And so early on, I guess, you know, when I was lucky enough to have you and and then Gigi, it's, you know, it's chaos. It's definitely chaos trying to balance all that. And like, I don't, we had a nanny, which I'm so grateful for, but still like not a housekeeper, not like doing everything myself and balancing your needs and work responsibilities. 
is not easy. I try to incorporate you guys into the joy that I get from work and have you come and be a part of it and and see how happy it, it makes me so that you knew if I was working, I wasn't like miserable. You knew that I was having fun and being fulfilled. But then when I got home, I'm 100% mom, cooking, cleaning, whatever needs to be done. And I shut off and I don't talk about work. I want to hear everything that you guys are doing. And I just basically have like the fun mom head on where Mm -hmm. I'm just, all I want to do is have fun with you guys. Sometimes I used to, you guys would go to bed really late because I was, didn't want you to go to sleep (laughs) because we were having so much fun and I would get you all wound up right before bedtime just because like, I really didn't want the fun to end, but balance, balance, balance. Okay. Top three tips. Show your kids how fulfilled and happy your work makes you because that's a good role model. Mm -hmm. That's being a good role model. Turn off and be present when you're with your kids. 100% of your attention and love and 100% of your attention and love needs to be with your kids when you're with them. And number three, number three, I was going to say travel, show them the world, but that doesn't really have to do with work. Mm. It's really hard. Oh, I know. Number three might be to incorporate them into your world. You guys have really great ideas. And I ask your advice, like, what do you think about this? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you guys excited about? You know, or what are you liking right now? Mm -hmm. I think to incorporate your family into what you're doing in a, in a way that your success becomes in the way that they become part of your success. Yeah. What does leading a company require? I don't really think about my company as like a company in quotes. Mm -hmm. I think about us as a team, all playing the same sport and having the same wins and celebrating all the good things together. Mm -hmm. And I think inspiring your team to have their own responsibilities and giving them the tools they need to succeed. I like to think every single person here is an entrepreneur and I love that. And I, and I also think it's important that they understand the entire process. No person here works independently. Mm-hmm. Everyone works together. And so when one thing happens, it affects everyone. And that way, you know, teamwork makes a dream work. It really is important that you understand the whole, a holistic view of what we're doing understanding what our goals are, mm-hmm. short-term and long-term, but then having the freedom to express your ideas and 
to lead the charge on those ideas. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you think about it as an assembly line, a lot of like, if you think of a classic assembly line, the person sitting there doing one activity only knows how to build that one part of the car, let's say. And in this case, you're saying like with your company, if they went into the factory alone that day, they would need to know how to make the car. Yeah. They're not making the car, Yeah, but they know the process. Yeah. And that way that enables you to do your job better Mm -hmm. and to achieve the end result Mm -hmm. that everyone will can celebrate then. Mm -hmm. Do you eat recipes from what's kid cooking? Oh my God. Okay. All right. This is our idea for a cookbook because Kit cooks really healthy food and I love healthy food and I eat healthy, but I also like things that are not so healthy. There, I said it. So sometimes I find a recipe that you made in the refrigerator and I'll like pour a ton of maple syrup on it and make some bacon on the side or something. (laughs) (laughs) Which so I, our idea what for I, a cookbook would be Kit makes the healthy one, healthy recipe, and then I make it delicious. <laughs> hey, my food's pretty delicious. It is delicious. But I also think that, like, for me, there's no such thing as quote unquote healthy food and unhealthy food. It's like you should be able to have fun and make things in the kitchen. Like, to me, being in the kitchen is like, my meditation. So whatever, like you, there's no, there shouldn't be any good or bad, healthy, unhealthy labels on things. Like you should just eat what fuels you, what makes you happy, what you like to cook. Um, and so I think that's like the beauty in, in our, in you eating my cooking and adding your own flair to it. What's one thing you wish your children take with them forever? Okay. I had to write some things down for this because this is heavy. This is a big question, regardless of any career things. My most important job in life is to help you guys be happy and and lead a, a happy life. So here's some things I wrote down. Be present, listen, and keep your sense of humor. Always tell the truth even if it's hard, I want you to have creative problem solving because every day there's a million problems and you got to figure it out. Tolerance and respect, hard work, because I think hard work can help you find your passion. Or if you find your passion, I want you to work hard at it. And I want you to evolve and face your fears. Love snaps. Okay, so let's do one or two questions for the both of us. I know this has been a long episode. So just as a fun one, something that I love wearing that you hate and vice versa. So I have to pick something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm really I have to say I'm really open minded and I'm I like to see things that maybe I see, you know, that's, that's the thing in fashion. Ugly is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I might not like it, 
but it could also be kind of inspiring for me. So I'm going to take a pass on this question. Okay. Now you tell me what I wear that you don't like. I mean, my style is very feminine. So I would just say like pretty much like mo- I love when you wear like super feminine shapes and stuff like that, which you normally do. But yeah, I'm not I'm like very into feminine shapes. So you're saying you don't like when I wear those cut off jeans that are like three sizes too big and they're falling off of me and yeah. I just like belt them. Oh my and- God. Yeah. <laughs> she wears these shorts that are like super low rise and just like cut off like right above the knee. And I'm just like, no, but that's my <laughs> only thought. Um, I love it. You look amazing in everything though. Do we ever disagree? All the time. <laughs> All the time. No, I, I mean, we've disagreed on this podcast. You guys have heard it before. I think like we we rarely fight, but we can have like informed disagreements. And I think that's part of a healthy relationship. Yeah. One of the other Kid questions. puts me in my place often. <laughs> it's true. Well, one of the thing, one of the and other questions. I just shut up and I'm like, you know what? She's right, actually. <laughs> Shit. one of the other questions for the both of us was how do you set boundaries with one another and I think like just being super communicative and really open with what you need and what you want sometimes I'm just like okay I need to be alone now and you're like okay respect that and you leave (laughs) or like you know if if you like need to get something done at work or something and I'm like can you help me shoot this for Instagram you're like okay, I'll help you in a second. Let me just do this. And I think being super communicative with those boundaries and being very open about them is like what makes them most effective. Um, And that also helps us not have big disagreements or big fights because like we're very communicative with our needs, you know? Last one, what's your favorite way to unplug and spend quality time together? doing podcasts I mean honestly this is like our time weekly to sit down together and just chat and like have you know fun guests have fun guests and also like it's a bonding time but we love to surf we love to cook travel we love to travel, travel. Is my favorite um and those are those are our ways to like spend quality time together and and unplug but even a good walk a gr- I forgot about our walks. Our walks are so good. Because when you're walking at the speed that we walk in New York City, Kit runs. You, I literally, I don't I run, but I like, I don't know how I, I walk that fast. I should have been in the Olympics for speed walking. But when you walk as fast as we do in New York, you can't be on your phone. So try that together with your best friend or your parent or somebody that you want a little bonding quality time with. I actually have recently told a friend of mine who had a business thing in Europe. And I was like, she was like, I don't want to go by myself. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, take your mom. And so cute. yeah. And she's so excited and so happy. She's going next week. Cause I do think travel is a great bonding experience, even if it's not far Wherever it is, I think going somewhere with your mom 
Yeah. That's a hint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take notes. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you heard your question answered if you asked some. And I really love doing this. Hopefully we'll do more of these. I will post more Q&As in the future. Maybe we'll do one like every few weeks, every month or so. Um, if you guys like this, so let us know. You can always DM us your questions on the Ageless Instagram or on our personal Instagrams. And we will even, see you guys. Even probing questions. Probing. We'll answer. Probing yeah. questions. Yes. Always down. Um, love you guys. And we will talk next week. Hope you guys love this episode and thanks so much to Ginny Media for our audio production. All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 